It's noon here in Ventnor City, New Jersey, and Washington, D.C., and this is news that you can use for Monday, October 9th, with your host, me, Ray, and that handsome character, Zach. Uh, how was how was your weekend there, handsome? Great weekend, Pops. How was your weekend? Uh, you know, I watched the uh, Cardinals lose, and I, and I read that, well, our beloved Phoenix Suns won their preseason opener. All right, Pops, here is the deal. Yes, I was happy about that as well. Today is our crusade and our campaign to remind people to stop buying new cars. Kind of ironic because the business that we run behind the scenes, CarEdge.com, we help people buy cars, we help people sell cars, and we help people protect their cars with vehicle service contracts. But we are here to tell you, stop buying new cars. We are going to run through the data, Dad, from Edmunds and then Ford that inspired this headline. First things first, the data from Edmunds that just came out last week. The headline reads, new vehicle monthly payments climbed to new heights in Q3, according to Edmunds. Dad, the story here, look at this. The share of consumers who financed a new vehicle with a monthly payment of $1,000 or more increased to an an all-time high, 17.5%. In Q3 of 2023, up from the previous record of 17.1%. And yes. Edmonds data, everyone, everyone looks at data differently, but Edmonds has dad now the all-time peak highest monthly payment for new cars in Q3, $736, up slightly from the $733 payment in Q2. I'm going to get into the Ford aspect of this in just a moment. But wow, what do those numbers say to you? Are, 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 are you suggesting to me that at a certain point when it comes for people trying to navigate their auto loan that they're going to need a Sherpa to help them and they might need additional oxygen as they climb to these record-breaking new heights? Um, I was trying to say that, but you took the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> We we are we are rapidly approaching the Mount Everest of car payments. Is that exactly. what you are suggesting to me? <laughs> exactly. This data from Edmonds is insane, man. Almost one in five new cars purchased last quarter have a thousand dollar or more car payment debt. That's like yeah. that's like a mortgage payment. That's a rent no, payment. No, 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 no. That's it's a car not, payment. It's not like a mortgage payment for many people. It is their mortgage payment okay um so it's not like it is and and it's it's unfortunate but you know as we went through the detroit auto show and we looked and i realize that when you go to an auto show you know they're gonna they're gonna display the top of the line stuff i mean that's what they're gonna do Except, you know, there was that $25,000 Chevy Trax there. That certainly wasn't top of the line. Um, but, for you know, they're, they're really always going to highlight a lot of the top of the line stuff. Well, when you look at the top of the line stuff and you realize that the top of the line stuff is the, um, is, is the bulk of what they're building, well, then, of course, auto payments have to continue to go up. And. Of course, the percentage of people who have an auto payment in excess of $1,000 a month is going to grow. Um, and, and yeah, it, it, it isn't necessarily good for our business, but I, I do believe that by advocating for people to stop buying cars, 
we're putting our money where our mouth is in the sense that we are advocates for consumers out there. And even though it could negatively impact our business, there will always be enough people Definitely. that are going to want cars that we will be able to survive. That's the scary data from Ford, Dad. Look at what I'm about to pull up on the screen here. Sales numbers from that same quarter. So the uh -huh. quarter that Edmund says 17.5% of all new car payments are over $1,000 in the highest monthly payment ever recorded by Edmund, $736 on average, is the same exact quarter where full-size pickup truck sales were up 14.29% year over year. The industry-leading Ford F-Series up 13.4%. The average transaction price on that F-Series north of $66,000. So you look at the Edmunds data, and it's macro. It doesn't talk about a specific brand yes. or a specific type of vehicle. And then you look at where are automakers investing all of their resources to produce vehicles. Is it is it inexpensive sedans? Is it inexpensive SUVs? No and no. It's full-size pickup trucks. And that category continues to grow and bounce back from pandemic lows, leading to the confounding realization that people evidently have way more money than you and I do, Dad, and they can feel comfortable spending $1,000 a month on their full-size pickup trucks, which will further validate the automaker's decisions to continue to raise prices. That's another aspect of this. Ford just came out with their 2024 pricing for the F-150, and it went up on the base entry or the base trim nearly $3,000 year over year. Stop buying cars needs to be a national campaign because it is the only way that we can actually voice our concerns for affordability. Um, yeah, but if there's enough people out there that really don't care, uh, then then uh, even though a vast majority of the buying public could be saying, hey, we're going to stop buying cars, the 30 to 35 percent of the public that's out there that can actually afford cars is really the only people that these manufacturers are concerned with at the present time. And it's it's almost as if the hell with the other 70 or, or, or 65 percent of the population. So if if there's like 35 to 40 million people that can actually afford to to buy these high priced vehicles and they are, then why would Ford or GM or Stellantis, um, why would any of the manufacturers start backing down on, on the pricing and start producing what we would consider more affordable vehicles when there seems to be an ample supply of consumers out there who are still willing to spend the money to get what the manufacturers are building. Which further reinforces the realization of haves, have-nots. Oh, because absolutely. you look then... You look then at what's happening with auto loan delinquency, the lack and dearth of availability with regards to affordable vehicles. People can't buy these things, yet you have $1,000 car payments becoming the norm for a group of people who can you know, afford that. If you look at the numbers year over year, Dad, I'll pull this up on the screen so we can take a peek at it. The, the trend is pronounced. Buying a car, owning a car, it's just expensive. Here we are, 2022, or excuse me, 2023, 2022. This is for used cars. 2023, 2022 for new cars. We'll start with new. 
Banks are pulling back in on uh, term, so your shorter loan term, but the monthly payment $736 on a lower amount financed. But the amount uh, the uh, uh, APR up 2.5% from 5.7 to 7.4, the down payment required nearly $7,000 as compared to $6,500 <laughs> just a year ago. And then for used cars, dad, a little bit of pullback uh, in terms of term, 70.1 yeah. months instead of 70.9 months. The average used car payment, $567 as compared to 565 last year, 569 last quarter. So used cars, unless you think $567 is affordable, that's the new normal. Mm -hmm. You're financing less at 2 and a 2.2, or excuse me, 3.2, uh, 2.2, excuse me. 2.2% 2. 2. Um, 2 .2 higher APR. 9% was the average APR in 2022 Q3. It's 11.2 now. And you need to show up with nearly $400 more for that down payment. Even when you compare it to last year, Dad, it's still expensive. Last year was expensive. The, 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 the thing that would be troubling for the vast majority of people, the 70, the 65 to 70% of people that the manufacturers have abandoned, okay, is the down payment amount. Most Americans don't have $1,000 in their savings account for an emergency. So, how are they ever going to come up with $6,900 in a down payment on a new car or $4,100 as a down payment on a pre-owned car? It is, it is limiting the number of people that you are intentionally trying to sell cars to, okay? And that's all it is. Um, and it is a situation of the haves and the have-nots. And the haves at this point don't care that the have-nots might want some of this stuff but can no longer afford it. And that doesn't create an issue until enough of the people that can't get the things that they that they think they should be able to, to afford, um, like the other people, and once those people get riled up as a group, um, that can create issues, unintended consequences. Um, and that's one of the reasons why I keep suggesting that manufacturers continue to produce affordable new vehicles. And by affordable new vehicles, I mean, I mean, $40,000 and less. Okay. And, really concentrate twenty to thirty thousand dollars for new vehicles. These manufacturers need to be able to produce those vehicles in significant enough quantities to keep people somewhat happy. You know, you 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 don't want you don't want that divide to mm -hmm. be as great as it's tending or trending to be at the moment. Um, you know, jealousy is a, is a terrible emotion. Um, and it gets exacerbated. Throw jealousy out the window, dad. It's just like the frustration of not being able to get from point A to point B. I mean, yeah. it's like, sure, you could have people who have means and people who don't have means and people who don't have means becoming jealous. And I hear you alluding to some sort of civil pushback against that. I get that. 
But even if you put that to the side, Dad, those people just got to get to work, man. Yeah. And imagine you and I, you and I talked about this over the weekend, not on the show. We talked about, we were doing some research, the parts shortage. So if I'm that person in middle America and I've got a 13, 14, 15 year old car, put jealousy, put my emotions to the side. I functionally need to get to work. Yes. And my car is now in a position where it needs a repair, but I can't even get my hands on the part to do that repair. And I'm going into the market or dead. Look at look at this example from our own community, from Barry. The yes. company that I work for is making us buy our own car this year. They're giving us $750 per month plus mileage. It's hard to find a reliable car for $750 a month. Nothing about jealousy, which again, the yes. emotion. I agree with you. Yeah. Functionally, yes. Barry's got to get a car. Barry's got to get to work. And he can't find an option. That's a broken market, man. That's 100% a broken market. And and I can't argue with you. I mean that, but but we've we've known the market to be broken for quite some time, and we've been calling it out for what three three and a half years, saying that we need to make sure that there's more affordable options out there. And if there's not going to be affordable options, then there has to be some form of public transportation, even in rural areas. You know, it's one thing where you live in Washington, D.C. Um, there, There is, between the buses and the metro, and there, there are ways to get around town, okay? But if you live, I don't know, in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, there is no real significant public transportation that can probably get you from your house to where you have to get to work. That's an issue, and that's an issue in middle America. That's an issue in a lot of rural areas. Um, yep. You know, it can't just be – public transportation just can't be available in large metro areas and not other areas when there isn't affordable options in those areas that aren't serviced by good public transit. One of the ways the automakers incentivize the purchase of their vehicles, whether they're transaction prices are through the roof or not, would be through financed uh, uh, interest rates, or excuse me, um, subvented interest rates. Mm -hmm. Edmunds analysts took a closer look at the share of new vehicle sales with 0% financing from 2019 through Q3 of 2023 and uncovered a noticeable decline in transactions excuse me, involving these extremely subvented rates relative to early stages of the pandemic. According to Edmunds data, 0% financing reached a peak in Q2 2022 at 24.2% of all sales. One in four sales in the yeah. second quarter of 2022 had 0% financing. Okay, That has dropped to 1.1% of transactions in the most recent quarter. Yeah, so no matter how you... Yeah, I know. But with interest rates going up, the, the tool, the tools that the automakers have at their disposal, Dad, cheaper cars, they've, yes. they've already motioned. They're disinterested in building cheaper cars. Subvented, subvented interest rates, getting down to 0%. They're also demonstrating they're not willing to bite that bullet because that would be a painful one. That would be expensive for them when the Today, Fed funds rate yes. is more than 5%. Yes. This is going to be a long-term issue because the Fed has also signaled they're not anticipating lowering rates anytime soon. The affordability crisis will be there for months and years to come. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not going away. And yeah, in the height of the pandemic, when when the cost of money, of borrowing money, was next to nothing, well, it didn't cost manufacturers a whole bunch 
to be able to buy to buy it from one percent to zero percent so that they could offer zero percent financing now if the going rate is seven percent and you want to buy it down to to zero percent well yeah that that gets expensive that adds to their incentive spend you know when we talk about incentive spend incentive spend is typically two different or three different things one is subvented interest rates that has a cost okay and that cost is part of the incentive incentive spend um consumer direct rebates that's an incentive spend and that has a cost to the manufacturer and obviously sales bonuses to the dealer body for hitting sales objectives that's an incentive spend so there're basically three three different ways that we see incentives being calculated by these manufacturers and right now um yeah if they if they're going to if they're going to subvent an interest rate, you know, maybe maybe they'll bring it down to 3.9%, which is a bargain in today's world. Um, but they're not going to bring it down to 0%. It's just, it, it, it's too costly for them to do that. And many of the manufacturers, at least the big three where the strike is ongoing, um, are continuing with their incentives. They They haven't, really mm-hmm. adjusted them downward yet. Um, but there's the possibility that if the strike were to last significantly longer than it already has, and there's no reason to think that it won't at this point, um, that at a certain point, those manufacturers are going to reduce their incentive spend as their inventories dwindle. A couple things to comment on. First, their inventory levels. We just got the latest inventory data from Cox Automotive. Many of the automakers no longer share this information on a monthly basis. Mm-mm. Ford, however, does. And look at this, Dad. The day's supply for Ford on October 1st, that's this column, Yes, is 66 days, up from 64 days. For those of you who are unfamiliar with what day's supply is, day's supply is the number of days needed to sell all vehicles in inventory based on the previous month's daily selling rate. So Ford is out here. They have a strike on their hands, but their day's supply of inventory actually went up in part because they were trying to produce as many vehicles pre-strike and also because people have stopped buying them as much. Although the F-Series, we started to show off there, up nearly 14% year over year for the third quarter. And we know from having been in Detroit and having taken the tour at the Ford Rouge truck facility, um, you know, that the UAW has not has not shut down that plant. They're still producing the the Ford trucks. Yep. So now allegedly Ford has has uh, enhanced their their uh, proposal to the UAW. Uh, trying to get them closer to a settlement than where they had been. Um, and maybe because of that um, goodwill in, in the way they're negotiating, um, the UAW is still holding off on striking their most profitable plants. We shall see. Let's talk yes. a little bit about used cars because we're saying stop buying new cars as a way to help drive down costs and improve the affordability crisis. Used cars, we know, are very expensive as well. Mannheim just came out with a new data set, their Q3 data set. And this slide stood out to me, Dad. We have talked about 
auto repossessions frequently here on this channel and over on the Car Edge channel. Repo and lease check-in rates continue to rise, but a long road to normal for off-lease. What you are looking at in this chart right here, repo check-in index, this is showing you based on 2019. So let's say in 2019, there were 100 vehicles that were repossessed and sold at the auto auctions. Well, in 2020, there were only 78. In 2021, there were only 68. Then in 2022, there were 72. And now in 2023, there were 93. So what we're seeing here, Dad, is that we are seeing a return to pre-pandemic levels of repoed vehicles making it to the auction. And now let's talk about lease vehicles. And this is going to get to a mixture of the affordability crisis and also Mm -hmm. the quality of used cars that are for sale in the United States right now. So then look at the lease check-in index. Again, in 2019, imagine there were 100. I know this is obviously more than 100, but imagine it was 100 off-lease, so leased cars that came off-lease that then made it to the auto auctions. Well, in 2020, there were 78 off-lease vehicles that made it to the auto auctions. In 2021, there were 39. In 2022, there were 14. And we've bounced back now, get excited, to 24%. The mix of cars for sale at the auto auctions right now is worse than it has ever been before. You are at one in four off-lease vehicles actually making it to the auto auction. And keep me honest here, Dad, those off-lease vehicles are probably some of the best quality used cars out there, better than repos, better than rental cars, correct? Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, most of them are are based on three years and and 12,000 miles of driving per year. So typically they're going to come back at the end of three years with about 36,000 miles on them. They've all been under warranty the whole time. Uh, yep. One one would assume that uh, most people who lease are responsible enough to get the, the scheduled maintenance is done. Um, and if you lease like BMWs or minis, where the maintenance is paid for by the manufacturer, there's certainly no excuse not to get it done because it doesn't cost you a dime out of your pocket. Um, exactly. So, yes, those, those, are, those are cars that, A, the dealership would love to get their hands on because they know they're good quality, low mileage cars. Um, and B, um, if 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 they were to make it to the auction, they'd get scooped up rather quickly um, by dealers who would be bidding to the max to get those vehicles. So again, you have a poor mix of used cars at the auto auctions. And then to Igor's comment here, Clean off-lease cars right now are bringing all the money and hard to bid on it. Mannheim, exactly what you just said, Dad. The off-lease ones are, are pretty, you know, a dime a dozen, so they're selling for quite the premium. This leads me to one of my favorite segments yeah. on the show where we do a science experiment, okay? Carvana Ooh. sent me another offer for my 2018 yeah. Honda Accord, all right? Carvana's here telling me that this Honda Accord lost $2,300 in value in, in the, the past month. month. Wow. In the past month. All the while, we are seeing wholesale values and the need for good used cars go up like crazy. You ready, Dad? Yes. All right. So we're going to plug it in. CarEdge.com slash sell. Let's see what Carvana's competitors would pay to buy this car. Would they pay more or would they pay less? Clean title. We own it outright. I think they're going to pay more. You think so? Yes. So again, Carvana's offer here was $14,213. I'll put you on the spot, Dad. What do you think we're going to get from the other offers here in just a moment? I think we'll get a high of seventeen five. 
high of 17.5. So let's see, no mechanical issues, no fluid leaks, no aftermarket parts. We're almost there. We've got the keys. We've got new tires. No issues, no issues. Sure, I'll buy another car soon. Again, the Carvana offer, we're doing a science experiment live on the show, $14,213. Carvana has said that this Honda Accord with 56,000 miles on it in Miami, Florida has lost $2,300 in value in the past month. And would you look at that? I was off by $500. I do apologize. CarMax offering 18,000 car gurus at the 16,666 Vroom at $15,524. Quality used cars are commanding a premium in the market right now. Yes, and they will continue to because there is a shortage of quality used cars. Um, And that chart you shared before showed it. The off-lease cars, only less than 25% of them are making it to auto auctions, and the repo cars have gone up significantly. Well, most repo cars tend to be crap. Not all, but most. So the battle for the good quality used cars will continue from all the dealers. They will pay, they will pay up to get those cars. There's that old saying in the car business that you can never pay too much for a nice car on the wholesale side of things. And if conversely, you will always pay too much for the crap. Okay. It's just, it just is what it is because there's always somebody out there that will buy that nice, clean quality used car. Even if you've priced it at a retail level, that's higher than what it should be because they, there's just not that many of them. They just don't exist in the numbers that they used to. I didn't pull it up before, Dad, but look, we even have the data on rental cars. Again, if in 2019, 100 rental cars made it to the auto auctions, we're at 48. So half the number of rental cars, which again, are are inferior in quality compared to to off-lease vehicles. We're at one quarter of off-lease vehicles. We're back to pretty much the same amount of repo vehicles, and we're at half the rental cars. The mix of cars at the auto auctions suck right now. Absolutely suck. And so the considerations for you and I as customers, we have, you have a great tidbit. It's hidden in a bunch of videos. When you go to buy a used car from a dealership, mm-hmm. if the stock number ends in A, that is typically an indicator that it's a trade-in. Obviously, yeah. look at the car facts and things like that, but that's a little tidbit you can use. If you have a quality used car that you plan to trade in, do not just take the first offer from the dealership. We have our 100% free caredge.com slash sell. Use that for mm-hmm. negotiating leverage because you are probably sitting on... That's your that's your valuable asset in your negotiation. And no matter what, get a pre-purchase inspection. Right, yeah. Dad? Like, No matter what, get a pre-purchase inspection right now. Even on a, even on a factory certified pre-owned car, always get a pre-purchase inspection. Um, you know, if it looks nice... And the dealers are paying a lot of money for it at the auctions. They're just going to assume that it is nice. And, and you know, they might not take as close a look at it as they should prior to putting it out on the lot for sale. Uh, because, well, they paid a lot of money, so they don't want to invest any more money than they have to. So always, always, always get a pre-purchase inspection on any 
pre-owned car. All right, Pops, let's switch gears. Favorite segment of the show. Well, really? you got to be kidding me. All right, Dad, we will start today's show off or start today's segment off with some news from Rivian. $41,000 Rivian fender bender actually just needed paintless dent removal. It's estimated that the PDR job may have cost roughly a tenth of the original body shop Quote, what the heck happened here, Dad? $41,000 for a fender bender? Is it because it's a Rivian? What's what's going on? Well, yeah, it's because it's an EV. It's not, not because it's a Rivian, per se, but because it's an EV. And, and those minor fender benders, what appear to be minor, end up being major. And as the move towards EVs continues to escalate, the other thing that's going to escalate is the insurance premiums on all cars, but especially EVs, because they have proven because of the way the batteries are on there and and the unit and just every minor accidents turn into a total vehicle quickly when it comes to an EV. They are not nearly as repairable as other vehicles, so it's it's a real issue and. Even the gentleman that did did the the paintless paintless dent repair was like shocked at, at how interconnected everything was and how much he had to take off the vehicle uh, to to be able to get to the area where he he needed to work on the vehicle. It is it is going to be a nightmare, and every one of us, every last one of us, except well maybe you since you don't own a car. Um, Every last one of us is going to see our insurance premiums go up because of it. I mean, if it doesn't take much to total an overpriced EV, well, the insurance companies aren't going to want to be holding the bag on that. The only way they can protect their interests is to, I don't know, raise everybody's insurance rates, and you're going to see that happen. All right, another example of complexity that maybe didn't have to be so complex. Self-clogging Ford oil pumps lead feds to investigate the 1.0 liter EcoBoost engines. Ford's wet belt driven oil pump may have caused premature engine failures in the EcoSport Focus and Fiesta. What's interesting about this one, Dad, here it is right here. Uh, There's a quarter of a million vehicles that the NHTSA, NHTSA, is investigating uh, complaints from owners. The complaints are centered around loss of power, which stems from what owners believe are faulty oil pumps, potentially even caused by b- debris sucked up by from uh, excuse me from premature belt failures. Yes, you read yeah. that right. The 1.0 liter turbocharged three cylinder found in the 2018 and later EcoSport, as well as certain Fiestas and Focus, have an oil pump driven by a belt that Ford placed inside of the motor. <laughs> complexity that you maybe didn't have to have we've got over at ford some more quality job none going on right now yes and uh yeah as that belt deteriorates the oil pump will just sucks those little pieces of the belt that are coming off and clogs itself uh you know and and my guess is that there was probably an engineer or two who said uh, as this as as they were doing this thing this isn't going to work but they did it anyway it's, you know, moving on, we've got two for the price of one here. The first really you got to be kidding me is this true car ad on auto news. True car shoppers spend what is that? One billion, one yeah. billion on certified dealer purchases every month. 
small print based on yearly average cumulative new and used car sales. I don't know what the heck this ad is for. This is stupid. They spend a billion every month on yearly average cumulative. What the hell? Man? Yeah, that, that <laughs> makes that, 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 you know, that, that sounds like uh, they're getting ready to do the creative accounting for Carvana. Uh, <laughs> not that I'm trying to take a shot at Carvana, but I guarantee you that they're, their sales, whoo, why everybody else's is going down and and uh, why everybody else's uh, uh, retail sale uh, gross profit is going down, theirs will go up. But just like, think about this for a second. Like, they're reporting we sell a billion dollars worth of cars to our in network because True Car is trying to promote to dealers that they should join sure. the True Car network based on average cumulative new and used car. Like, what? That's like an automaker coming out and reporting. We sold a million cars, but we actually only sold two hundred thousand cars. But we're planning on selling. Yes, yes. If things go so well, yeah. If things go well, yeah. Okay. Anyway, the actual story I wanted to turn our attention to was sad news last week. Used car retailers shift technologies. Plans to file for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy protection ceases operations. The used car retailers said it shuttered its two remaining locations in California and ceased operations. Of its website, this one I think is sad because yes. uh, they raised 140 million dollars, yes, in um, in institutional capital to try and revolutionize the you know the way to buy used cars, and you know they they, they tried to follow in Carvana's footsteps, and sadly here they're at the end of the road. There they've burnt it, through all it, of that money, and they it never is really unfortunate. It, it is yeah. indeed unfortunate, um, you know, uh, but it, it it also is what it is. Um, that, that maybe the future of retail automotive is not just digital and shipping yeah. it, but we shall see. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we shall see. I was tweeting about this or Xing or whatever the hell you call it. Um, if you don't follow me over there, it's at Shevska, S H E F S K A, over on the Xer sphere, whatever the hell, yes, whatever yes. The hell it's called. All right, Pops, that is a show. We will be back tomorrow. For more news, you can use at what time? I believe it's noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, 8 a.m. in Anchorage, 6 a.m. in Honolulu, ladies and gentlemen. For everyone that joined us today, we appreciate it. CarEdge.com, that is our company. That is the uh, uh, all of the energy and effort we put in day in and day out to help you with the things buying, selling, protecting your vehicle. So please go check it out. Thank you for being here. And Dad, have a wonderful Monday. You do the same. I'll see you tomorrow. Love you, pups. Love you, too. Thanks, everybody.